takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. Went to the right. Boise State for the win. They hand it off to Johnson. Boise State has won the Tostinos Fiesta Bowl. Let's go. Good snap. Good hold. And the kick is blocked. Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. Episode of the Cover Two College Football Podcast. I'm your host Tim Smithson, joined as always by my co-host Bilky Longhorn himself. Dalt, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm excited. Big weekend ahead. A lot of uh, college football playoff implications coming this week. Excited to have our good friend BP on. Even though he's going to say yep. a lot of ridiculous shit, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we do have uh, our good buddy Bailey Puckett. He has joined the show tonight. We we felt uh, we would be remiss if we did not have him on with his Oklahoma State Cowboys facing off against your Texas Longhorns this weekend down in Arlington. So I guess uh, BP, I'll ask you like I did, Dalt. How how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm good. It's Big weekend. We we weren't supposed to be here, so we're excited. Look at it. It's like it's like the Paul. I say we as I'm going to be there Saturday, but hey, look at us. Well, look at me and BP. Not look at you. That's that's what I meant. That's that's fine. I I already know this. This is going to backfire on me totally tonight because y'all are going to pick pick on me, even though I I have nothing to do with any of this. But Fellas, we got uh, quite a bit of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, obviously, we're going to give a, probably our quickest recap of the year, Dalt, on our games that we picked last week. Um, and we've got conference championship games this week. We've got some coaching news, uh, obviously, that's kind of at the forefront. And then uh, we've got a new CFP playoff poll um, or rankings. Going to talk about those, talk about some scenarios. Those rankings just dropped earlier tonight. Um, so I guess uh, we can kind of get right into things. Our, our first real bit of news we're going to talk about, we've got some coaching hires around college football. Um, one of the biggest being the Texas A&M Fighting Aggies. They have hired a head coach, Dalt, and um, everybody thought on, what was it, Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday night, night. Sun, Sunday morning? Yeah, Saturday night, everybody thought it was going to be Mark Stoops. Apparently, the boosters and whoever was not going to be happy with that. So we go and get Mike Elko. So Mike Elko will be the next head coach. He's had his introductory press conference. Uh, he's coming over from Duke. He was formerly at Texas A&M as the defensive coordinator before he went over to Duke as the head coach. Fellas, I'll let both of y'all talk. What What do we think of this hire as a whole? And either one of you can go first. It, it doesn't matter who, I, whichever. Go ahead, BP. Um, 
for the press conference that that man had to do. I mean, what an introduction. But nobody can introduce a coach quite like Texas A&M. But uh, I guess I did not realize that Duke is now 6-6. Six and six. Is that correct? 7-5. and five. Yes. They're 7-5. and five. So we were mad about Stoops, but we're juiced about Elko. So... I just feel like Duke is seven and five in the ACC, which is hot garbage. So, I mean, well, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't. I. Well, what do you think, Elko Dalt? I, I think that there was a strategic reasoning behind Coach Elko over Coach Stoops. Coach Stoops is a good coach. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But he was going to bring... They they were more worried about what the players on the team were going to do if Coach Stoops was there. He already had players. After this broke, they were talking about what in the hell, like what... Like players were legitimately, legitimately worried about Coach Stoops. And I think that's where the pushback come from, the board... And then whenever you bring Elko in, you get to save a guy like Elijah Robin or a lot uh, E Rob, as they call him, your defensive line coach who is a recruiting machine. If Mark Stoops shows up, there's probably a good possibility that he gets poached away from A and M. So it is the most Texas A and M thing to kind of try to keep their players happy with that quote unquote greatest recruiting class of all time but we'll see I, I i am i like coach elko i mean that's as a longhorns fan what he does with his offensive coordinator hire is going to be the biggest important key for keeping said team together yeah i mean uh he definitely is going to have to hire an offensive coordinator because they're firing guys left and right. And we heard today that Bobby Petrino, uh, formerly OC at A&M, he's heading back to Arkansas, not as the head coach, but going to be the OC at the place that he was the coach at. So, you know, good for him, I guess. That's that's great. Uh, but, you know, I told what you all. What a train wreck. Both, a, mo- yeah, a motorcycle wreck. A motorcycle wreck. <laughs> be, yeah, more, more of a motorcycle uh, wreck for sure. I think A and M is. Uh, I think I think they fumbled this with Mark Stoops, and I know that there's a little bit of disagreement there. But I think Mark Stoops is a better coach than Elko. I think he's a more proven coach than Elko. He's had two ten win seasons at a basketball school that um, hasn't really never been known for football. They they had the likes of Bear Bryant, who they basically got rid of for the same reason that Mark Stoops and John Calipari fight all the time because Kentucky wanted to take basketball more serious than football. And then you saw what Bear Bryant went and did at Alabama. Um, I I just think I it's it's typical A&M, you know, I, and I'm not going to discredit Elko. I think he could potentially be a great coach for A&M. Uh, but I, I just think the people that are downplaying Mark Stoops and acting like that would have been a bad hire – I don't think that there is any kind of evidence to justify that. It's like, well, yeah, you can say he struggled at Kentucky, but it's Kentucky. The only reason anybody even talks about Kentucky in the Southeastern Conference is because of Mark Stoops and what he's done there. 
Um, so I don't hate the hire, but I, I just didn't really like the backlash that they received uh, over the Mark Stoops deal. I thought that that would have been a good hire, probably not a great hire. I don't, I don't think Mark Stoops is like a top tier coach, but he he's a, a really damn good football coach. And we'll see. Time will tell. I have faith that A and M um, they'll see it through, and you know, we'll we'll see. He'll, he'll we'll win see how ten games and they'll um, give him a hundred million dollars. Hey, uh, maybe Elko can just hire two OCs. Since right? that's the popular yeah. thing to do now, just hire two guys to do it. That's a great segue, BP, because our our next bit of news does involve my Oklahoma Sooners. They obviously, following that situation at A&M, uh, it was announced on Sunday, I believe, or was it? Yeah, Sunday. Jeff Levy, often former offensive coordinator at uh, Oklahoma he is headed to Stark Vegas to be the next head coach for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, this was a name that was pretty much immediately talked about uh, kind of on that short list when this job first came open. I'll say, fellas, as an Oklahoma fan, I I didn't actually anticipate this happening, um, but I guess here we are for me. Um, what uh, I'll, I'll let you go first since BP did on Elko. What what do you think of Levy to Mississippi State? I don't know. Maybe they just want somebody like Mike Leach in there uh, that runs kind of a sling it around the yard air raid offense because they know that in the SEC their defense isn't going to win championships like Arnett thought it was going to. That's obvious this year. You take a guy like uh, uh, who's our quarterback, Will Rogers. Is that his name? Yes, sir. You take a guy like him and tell him to – yeah, you take a guy like – Is he really? Him, yep. You take a guy like him and you tell him yep. to hand it off a 30 times in a game from when he was throwing at 50, and you go – what did they go, like 1-8 and eight in the SEC this year? So, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think – Yeah, wasn't good. I think Lebby will be okay. I think the uh, Egg Bowl just got a little less hostile. I mean, Lebby and Kiffin are actually pretty good <laughs> friends, so yeah. I, I don't know how that's going to go with the way Kiffin and his theatrics happen in that game. BP, what do you think about this hire? Um, I'm, I don't know because I'm not a real big Lebby guy, but then – I saw where OU was third in yards and fourth in points. That's that's correct, right? Yeah. Yes. So I don't. Maybe they just want to, like Dalt said, get back to trying to score fifty and hope and pray they find a win. I I'm really surprised that he took it and just not knowing any of these OU kids would follow him or a couple of the commits would go with him. That's what I'm surprised about. But I mean, I know Brandon Walker's happy. So yeah, maybe they got it's their all, guy down there in Stark Vegas again. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like Mississippi uh, state uh, feels like a reach. Yeah. Well, you, it's, it's one of those things 
how, how good of a job is Mississippi State? I think it's kind of, uh, you know, I would say like a middle of the pack college. I mean, it, it's an SEC job, so it's 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 hard to say no if you're Lebby in that situation. Uh, to me, if he's wanting to take that next step and become a head coach, um, I think he is a pretty good fit there. Like, just it just seems like the kind of guy that they would hire. Um, and I think it can kind of go one of two ways for him. I think he can either maybe have a couple decent years, get them bowl eligible, and then maybe sneak a eight, nine, ten win season somehow, and he could springboard into a better job, or he may fall flat on his face and find himself as an offensive coordinator again for you know probably whatever Power Five uh, school need needs one at the time of his eventual firing. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Um, Fellas, we we have a ton of other coaching news that we could talk about, but those are those are like the two biggest uh, head coaching hires that we probably have currently. So I just wanted to touch really on those two. There obviously has been some other assistant coaching jobs that have been filled. Other, I, I think Oregon State they promoted from within because I guess that's one other one we could talk about is Jonathan Smith. He he's going from Oregon State to Michigan State. Uh, I know adult that probably that probably hurts your heart a little bit to, to mm, see your the beeve. your beeves not only they're, they're not only getting left behind by the Pac-12 but now they're getting left behind by their uh, former head coach now in Jonathan Smith who's he's going to be on his way to be Michigan State's next coach. Um, so y'all want to talk playoff rankings or we want to talk more more coaching. I'm good to move on. Okay. Let's get it. Rankings. Playoff rankings, Dalt. Do you, uh, do you have those in front of you, Dalt? Yes, sir. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, Go ahead. And- these just dropped, like we said, like two hours ago, three hours ago. Uh, number one, we have Georgia moving up one spot. To number two after beating Ohio State is Michigan. Moving up to three is Washington. Florida State at 12-0 moves up to four. Oregon moves up from six to five. Ohio State drops from two to six. Texas remains at seven. Alabama remains at eight. Missouri at nine. And then Penn State at ten. And then just kind of some teams on the outside, Mississippi Mississippi at 11, OU at 12, and then uh, Louisville drops out of the top, I believe, 10 or 11 to 14 after their loss to Kentucky this week. And at number 15, the uh, Arizona Wildcats. I don't okay. want to leave them out. So, um, let's just talk playoff scenarios because these rankings are there there is some potential for some change here but the committee is kind of playing their hand i feel like with this set tonight um leaving ohio state at six above to me above to to leave them above texas and alabama with no shot to win their conference like i know that they've beat notre dame they beat penn state and they lost, you know, close game to Michigan. Could have probably went either way. I think Michigan kind of controlled that game. But um, 
your your Longhorns, they uh, they need a little bit of help, I'm afraid, uh, or they might find themselves next Sunday kind of on the outside looking in. Um, what do you what needs to happen for Texas to get in the playoff? Florida State losing or Georgia losing to Alabama. Um, I I don't think that you're going to get uh, Alabama over Texas. If you do, it, you will basically be saying that head-to-heads don't matter. I understand that the quote-unquote four best teams is the reason for this, but winning the games should matter. Like I don't – like I understand if – Georgia loses that they're probably still one of the best teams in the country, but at the same time they're twelve and one, just like Texas would be, just like Alabama would be, just like Oregon would be, potentially. Um, so I I don't know I I could be dead wrong in this, but I think that if Florida State loses to Louisville, you can't keep Texas out. Like you can't make a argument for Ohio State when they're not even playing for their conference championship. Right. Okay. Uh, BP, who do you think who, who's who do you think is going to be the four teams when it's all said and done on Sunday? Um, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, <laughs> and. Uh, I'm not saying Texas, no matter what. <laughs> um, Texas. Okay. I I really do. I, now, I think if Georgia gets beat, I'm telling you, I really think it'll be Michigan, whoever wins the Pac-12, uh... Bama and I think I think both teams would get in Bama and Georgia. Man. I really do. I think they put Georgia in. I I I can I see that happening. Oregon out. I, I I can see that happening, but I I just don't know how. I don't know how you justify. Like I know it was all the way back in week two, but how do you justify putting Alabama in above Texas if they're both conference champions? Like, yes, I understand that the SEC is a tougher conference than uh, the Big Twelve. I don't think anybody's going to make that argument. Um, Alabama has, you know, they they both have good wins, but Texas has that head to head. I think that that has to matter um, to some degree. But if if Alabama wins, wouldn't your argument now become how is Georgia in over yeah. Texas? Yes, that's that's Absolutely. where I was. That's where I was going to go with that. Is I, I think Georgia would deserve okay. to be left out. Like I'm sorry. Like I, you know, I yeah. don't care that they. I don't care that they're back to back defending national champions. They lost the SEC championship. Like, I, you know, that there's in a in a situation in a year where you maybe had a couple of power five teams that had won their conference that already had two losses or something of that nature. Um, then you may be, be able to make that argument. Um, but I think Dalt for Texas, you, you just have to be big fans of Louisville this weekend. I think that's all you need is, is Louisville yeah. to beat Florida state because the Oregon Washington thing, that's going to take care of itself. Um, 
Washington is not going to get left in if Oregon beats them. Uh, and then obviously if, if Washington beats Oregon, I, but man, I, I just think that there's a really good chance that those top four teams, it might be chalk. I think Georgia's going to beat Bama. I think yeah. Michigan state's going to absolutely murder Iowa. Um, I think there's a chance Washington beats Oregon again. Um, and then, yes, sir. Still, even, even without their starting quarterback, I think Florida state's going to find a way to beat Louisville. Like, cause I, I think Louisville's good. I'm, I'm going to be on the Louisville train as much as anybody, you know that, but I, I just think Florida state is still probably going to be too much for them. And I know they struggled with Florida, but that was, you know, in Gainesville in the swamp, tough place to play big rivalry game. I just, I, and I, I know that probably hurts your heart a little bit with the fact that your Longhorns will have gone, you know, 12 and one, won the conference, and they might be on the outside looking in. But that just, this, this potentially could be the first year ever we have four undefeated teams in the playoff. And that's, I, I don't think that that's ever happened up to this point. I got a question. Never. Okay. What would the line be in either a, Georgia versus Florida State or Michigan versus Florida State game B. Georgia Michigan. I mean, I, no Georgia versus Florida State, and then like if Michigan was number one, Michigan versus Florida State. I really no. think it'd be like fourteen and a half, and then seventeen and a half. With without Travis, I assume, like as is right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's at least two touchdowns. Well, I don't know. I could see I just around, I, I could see it around ten, maybe, maybe. But you're probably looking at. Like I three. would hammer that ten. I would say probably thirteen and a half for probably Michigan, and maybe like fifteen for Georgia. I, and it could be. 15 Is there any way they beat Louisville and don't get in because of that right there? I think that they are. Not, they are not very good. I think it's a conversation that'll have to be had. Yes. Um, because I, I told y'all, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know that I think they should be in without Travis because I don't know that they're one of the four best teams. And that's what this committee allegedly, no. hangs, that's what they, that's what they hang their hat on with these rankings. I, I don't know where, you know, how they, with that being said, I don't know how they come up with some of these rankings uh, based on that, but I think that's a conversation that has to be had. Um, but you know, Dalt, you look at, I told you I had a question about Texas. Would you, I think you have the chance to get a good win this weekend against Oklahoma state, obviously top 20 team currently, but can you willingly say you just would a rather, wagon, you would rather be playing Oklahoma this weekend with a chance to avenge that loss against a higher ranked team just for like I'm being serious like it, it would be a better resume building no, win no, no I know correct for for the argue, for the argument of saying what Oregon is going to get to do against Washington it would be better for Texas to be playing OU this weekend now it is not Texas's fault you guys are slap nuts <laughs> and lose to Kansas and Oklahoma state <laughs> I, but you you're right it would be it would look better to beat the number 12 team in the country and avenge that loss just like OU did several times in their runs to the college football playoff. 
I mean, you look back, Iowa State. Um, they just they just did it I once. Think Baylor was one. No. Was it just the one time with Iowa State? Just Texas. Iowa State year, they didn't make the playoff. Okay. So just like they did with Texas. So, yes, it would be more advantageous for uh, Texas to be playing OU, but as a fan of Texas, it is nice that y'all aren't there. <laughs> I'm sure it is. You might get beat again if they were. Uh, but Well, <laughs> the world will never know. The world will never know. You're right. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't I just I wanted to ask that just because, you know, there obviously there's much has been made. And BP, you know, this as well as anybody of this conversation with the Big 12 championship. Um, but still to, to kind of backtrack around. I think Texas, you, you just you just hope for Louisville to win, and I think you're in, no matter what happens with Washington, Oregon. Yeah. Now, I will say the Georgia-Alabama, that can make it interesting. And, I mean, I guess you could argue that even if Oregon beats Washington, Washington could, you know, still. Now, I'll, I'll tell you what gets interesting is Iowa State at six. Um, I guess in, in some interesting world where Oklahoma They're State. They're trying to get them in. I'm telling yeah. you. If Oklahoma State was to beat Texas, uh, if Washington was to beat Oregon, and if Louisville was to beat Ohio State, Florida State, Ohio State's probably in. I think there's no question about it. Uh, unless on the only if way, beats Alabama. If, if Alabama beat Georgia, then I would say I probably would Georgia would yeah. probably stay in above, and Ohio State would probably be five. But yeah, that's probably I think, not. I think in that scenario, it would be. One Michigan, two, two Bama, Washington, or Washington, yeah, yep. Three, three Bama, four Georgia. I would agree. And Georgia oh. would just wax Michigan. Oh, they would wax Michigan. They might. They've done it Michigan once. Michigan is terrible. Mich- okay. Michigan is terrible. Well, okay. the playoff, we've terrible. Michi- I don't know that Michigan's terrible. That's quite the take. Um, terrible. But, uh, that's really about all I got on the playoff, fellas. Like there, there are a handful of things that could happen. I guess there could be total chaos. You know, Iowa they could upset Michigan in some like insane uh, turn of events. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but Dalt, we're gonna just kind of get COVID. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they, they they may all get That's like it. food poisoning That's... or. Uh, mono before before the game or something. I think that I think that I think they'd still beat Iowa with food <laughs> Yeah, they might. They'd have um, a chance. So, Dalt, real quick, let we'll, we're just going to recap last week since it's you know somewhat irrelevant, and we'll get you know kind of we're you know we're twenty minutes or so in here. Don't don't want to be here all night with all the playoff discussion. Um, real quick on our our. Week 13 recap, Dalt. Uh, neither of us had the best week. And um, I go two and four. You go three and three. Uh, you know, I had I had some chances here. Ohio State let me down. Uh, Florida kind of cut me deep with, you know, kind of a late backdoor cover by Florida State. Uh, but our first game, Dalt, was, you know, A&M LSU. And LSU actually had a late, kind of a late cover in that game too, I believe. You got excited about that because you did take the Tigers at uh, minus 11 and a half. Uh, I took A&M at pl- plus 11 and a half. Um, 
our our other game, one that you missed on was UTSA. You took them at plus three and a half. I took Tulane. Uh, they're looking to win the American uh, for the second straight year, uh, I believe, this coming weekend. Both took Clemson. That one hit against god-awful South Carolina. You took Florida State. That one hit late Beamer as ball. well. Yeah. Beamer ball has uh, – the, the tires have – Falling off and are rolling down the hill, and the bus is stationary. I'm afraid on that, the Beamer Ball. That 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 Florida State pick for me was a hundred percent a jinx. I was so bad trying to jinx Florida State last week. <laughs> well, they look. I had shaky. I had one of my Xbox. Yeah, I had one of my Xbox buddies as a Florida fan. Back, man, I can't believe you picked Florida State with a backup quarterback. And I was like, listen, I put yeah. some voodoo on that. Yeah, Florida State fair. is not good. Well, they're not they're without just, Jordan Travis or not. They're just not. Yeah, they're just not the same. Even team with him, Jordan I don't Travis. know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. But to continue, Dalt, we both took Oregon State against Oregon at plus thirteen and a half. That did not hit. Um, mm. Tough. And then we both took Ohio State, and I think we both thought Ohio State was going to win that game. I know I certainly did. Um, some kind of questionable calls in the game. We can we can talk about that one a little bit. We we had that conversation while it was being played about the inner or the touchdown that Michigan scored that we kind of all thought was an interception. Uh, got reviewed. Got you know the call stood on the field. I, after watching it back, I I kind of feel like that they probably got it right, but you know maybe could have gone either way. Um, but fellas, is Ryan Day's seat? Hot or not? It's hard to say that it would be hot when he goes back-to-back years of 11-1. and But losing to Michigan three times in a row is unacceptable. Um, I don't know that it's hot because you get into this whole theory of firing Ryan Day kind of like Texas A&M did at with Jimbo, who are you going to hire? Yeah. Like, who who are you going to replace that's better than Ryan Day? Right. And I don't know that there is a legitimate answer out there. I think something Ryan Day's going to have to look in the mirror with this Michigan game, and he's going to have to kind of just let them hang. And he can't be punting on fourth and one from the 48-yard line. Yeah, or you can't uh, be conservative. Yeah, kind of. You know, in this game, you have got to go win it. Tried to tried to settle for the field goal there before half instead of you know really maybe trying to push to go score on that fourth down. Uh, I know BP, you made a comment about that during the game. Um, To me, I don't, I don't know that I would say his seat is really hot. Now, if you ask Maurice Claret, he needs to be fired like yesterday. I don't know if y'all saw no. his. I don't know if y'all saw his Twitter post, but uh, he he wants Ryan Day gone. I'm not sure, like you said, who he thinks they're going to go hire. Um, but this is a guy that yes, he's one and three now against Michigan, but he has not lost a game against another Big Ten opponent. Now, we can sit here all day and talk about how no. awful the Big Ten is, but that's pretty impressive, fellas. I mean, I I just don't. I don't think there's a world where where he gets fired. Now, maybe next year you lose to Michigan again. I, 
I don't know. I mean, what what do you think about it, BP? Um, my question for Ohio State fans would be: Would you rather go eight and four but beat Michigan, or keep going eleven and one? Right. Because they were a play away from playing in the national championship game last year. Right. Like really? that, if Marvin Harrison doesn't get hurt, they they might be Georgia. Well, yeah. And then I, if they don't throw a an interception at their own freaking twelve, this year, right. they might play for another. So, I don't know. I, it's not like Michigan has been a dumpster either. Michigan's right. been pretty good. So, well, well, they've been cheating. I so think it's ridiculous. It I. Well, true. I mean, when you know what's coming, it makes it easier. But um, I just, I would you rather go nine and three, but beat Michigan, or would you rather keep going eleven and one? I, I'd choose eleven and one. But hey, you know, well, because they they could still make the playoff if the you know it's a far fetch, but. Yeah, well, we've seen crazier shit happen. So, well, there's there's legitimate evidence that they can lose that game and make the playoff. And like we've talked about, me and Dalton yeah. on the on the podcast, uh, they're uh, outside of like Missouri last year. They're literally the only team that came within anywhere near yep. beating Georgia, and they kind of had them beat. I mean, they were up what like fifteen in the second yeah. half of that game, and Georgia was able to come back. You like you said, Martin yeah. Harrison got hurt. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're spot on with that. It's and there probably are some Ohio State fans that might say, yeah, I'd rather go nine and three and beat Michigan because there is really that much hatred in that rivalry. But I think um, yeah. any anybody that says that would would kind of be ignorant, in my opinion. But there definitely probably are some that would. Um, but yeah, to kind of close out this recap, Dalt, you go three and three, I go two and four. So that improves our records. You continue to stay three games above 500 uh, to finish off the regular season, and you're at 37 and 35, or two games above 500. 37 and 35. I am 34 and 38. Not good. Um, not good. But you've got you got to get different if you want to catch me this week. You got too get many different. OU picks. Oh come on now. We we've barely even picked Oklahoma this, <laughs> on this podcast. We I think we've picked an OU game like twice. But with that, fellas, we'll we'll oh, get into I, this. Is it three times? Three okay, times. yeah, we did Bedlam. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that game didn't happen, so we don't talk about it. Uh, we'll get right into this pre uh, preview week uh, week fourteen championship weekend. Uh, we're only going to do our five power five. Uh, I thought about throwing the American in there, but it's kind of irrelevant. You know, don't, I, it's just not really worth it. I mean, um, so our, first, I, I'm just, I'm going to, we're going to pick them kind of in order of them being played because they are all, you know, massive as far as implications go uh, for the playoff. They all five of them have playoff implications. Um, and our first game, fellas, is in the Pac-12. We've got the Pac-12 uh, championship on Friday night out in Las Vegas. Uh, this game's at 7 o'clock, and you've got fifth-ranked Oregon taking on third-ranked Washington in a rematch of what was, I believe, like a week seven or eight game uh, that was played uh, in Washington. Uh, Washington won that game on uh, – 
but it wasn't I guess it wasn't a last second field goal. They scored the touchdown and Oregon missed the field goal, correct? They won thirty six thirty three, I believe. Missed the tying field goal. Um yep. some some yep. really questionable decisions were made in that game by Lanning. I remember talking about that uh specifically, but Oregon, even though they lost that game in the regular season, playing pretty good football, fellas. They come in here as a nine and a half point favorite in what is a rematch. Um, I guess Dalt, I'll let you go first, and then we'll get BP's thoughts. What uh, what way are you leaning on this one, Dalt? I know you probably have an idea of what you want, who you want to win, uh, but who who do you like here? Do you like Oregon at minus nine and a half, or are you thinking Washington? Bo Nix has been a wagon. Bo Nix is winning the Heisman. Like I know, I know uh, BP. I know you have money on Penix, but Bo Nix is winning the Heisman. He's only thrown two interceptions all year, thirty-seven touchdowns. Now, if you listen to the CFP committee, he the reason that Oregon's above Texas is because he's seventy-eight percent completion percentage. Correct. <laughs> I would be too if I was throwing tunnel screens to Bucky Irvin for 75 yards play. No, I think that uh, I think Oregon's a very good team, and I think they will probably win this game because Washington's defense has gotten better, but it still is very shaky. But I'm going to take Washington plus nine and a half here. Okay. BP, I have a feeling you love Washington here. Yeah, um, you guys already know I'm – I'm on Washington, but aside from me having money on that, like I do think there's something to be said for winning close game after close game after close game. I just, I don't know. It it almost feels like it's just one of those years where it doesn't look pretty, but somehow this, they just keep finding a way to win. So um, that and, Michael Penix, he can spin it. So uh, yeah. you're only two turnovers by Oregon away from you give Washington two extra possessions. And I know Oregon, Oregon's really good, but I, I'm going to take Washington. And this is the first time Washington's been the underdog all year. So uh, he'll get them going. So I'm taking the Huskies. Um, well, I picked Washington to win the Pac-12. Uh, did, you know, we talked about this, Dalton. Went back and listened to our, uh, previews this week. We didn't do so good on our predictions, uh, but, hey, got a couple things right, you know, but not many. Um, I'm going to take Oregon minus nine and a half. And honestly, the only reason I, I don't, I just need, I need it, Dalton. I need to catch back up. I I think Oregon can win this game by ten. Uh, maybe like a maybe maybe a late cover, like you know they're up three or four, score a late touchdown, win by ten or eleven. I think that's very plausible. Um, I think Oregon is probably playing better football right now, but I don't know that you can definitively say one of these teams is any better than the other. Oregon maybe is maybe a more complete team, but I don't really think Oregon's that great defensively either. Um, and they've played a much worse schedule than Washington in that conference. Now, the Pac-12 was really good early on, but it's kind of faded late with USC kind of falling apart. Utah's kind of falling apart. Uh, you know, UCLA kind of fell apart towards the end. Uh, both of these teams beat Oregon State, but 
I, I'm going to take Oregon just trying to get a game back on you, Dalt. So I'm going to take the Ducks at minus nine and a half. And uh, we will uh, we'll move on. And this game is going to be a fun one to talk about, fellas. We head into Saturday and the rooster kick on Saturday, as it always is. Uh, I know neither of you two are real familiar with being in this game lately, but it is at 11 a.m. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we've got the Big 12 championship between uh, It's been a minute since OSU has, hasn't it? Um, OSU's been in it more recently than OU has. I was about to say, but hey, what do I know? Yeah, fair enough. Anyway. I uh, haven't been there in a while, so just. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. nice. We've it's got nice, big... I'll say that. We, we've got the Big 12 championship, fellas. The uh, seventh-ranked Texas Longhorns are taking on the 18th-ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. Texas coming in with playoff aspirations, 11-1. and one. Um, OSU, obviously, massive, massive year for Mike Gundy um, and kind of how things started up there in Stillwater. Uh, not sure anybody would have predicted them to be in this position after that South Alabama game or even after Iowa State when they fell to two and two. Uh, but, you know, here they are. They've, you know, got three wank, three wins against ranked opponents. I think that's about as many as anybody has in the country. They probably have the best running back in the country in Ollie Gordon. Um, but Texas comes in right now as a 14 and a half point favorite in the Big 12 championship game. So, BP, I let Dalton go first on the last one. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you cook. What 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 do we got here? We we liking the fighting Gundies or? Um, I love them. I don't want the points. I don't want. I want OSU money line all day. Fair enough. I that I mean I. In all seriousness, screw the points. I'm gonna be pissed off if they cover the spread. <laughs> I want them to win the game. Well, sure, yeah, as as any fan would. Uh, but BP, give me give me Oklahoma State's path to winning this football game. Um. So the non-bias in me, Texas, particularly Quinn, it, he would have to play. He'd have to play bad. Like two or three interceptions, um, and I OSU would have to, Bowman in particular would have to play out of his mind. Uh, Texas is not very good in the secondary, are they? Uh, they're kinda not very good at safety. average, kind of average, yeah. So I, I really don't think that helps OSU a lot because that's not their game um i would love to say ollie's gonna rush for two hundo but uh that and that's osu strength is texas's strength so um as bad as i want osu to win osu would have to play extremely well and texas would have to gift them some turnovers and some some big penalties here and there so Dalt, thoughts? Well, the tur- the turnovers are gonna, ha- or not the turnovers, the penalties are gonna be there. Right. I would be I would be surprised if OSU gets called for one in this game. <laughs> your, your mark is gonna be on the sideline, looking like uh, Mr. Burns, just excellent. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be intriguing. OSU, there's a path for OSU to win this. 
like you said, if Quinn has a bad game and if Ollie Gordon and Bowman play extremely well. But like you said, strength on strength, I don't think but uh I don't think Ollie Gordon's gonna have the game of his life on the ground. But I will say the more I've thought about it, Gundy will use Texas's very aggressive front four against themselves. He will run a ton of running back screens to Ollie Gordon. Mm-hmm. He will try to do everything he can to get Ollie Gordon in space. PK has to be ready for that. Receiver-wise, the only matchup problem, I think, is Presley. I think Presley is faster than any of our corners. Um, they use him in the slot a lot. I don't think Jade is that great in speed coverage. And if we end up getting him caught on a safety, he's going to – he's going to run by any of our safeties outside of maybe the freshman. He's just not great in coverage. So I just don't trust Bowman. I think that Texas is going to make Bowman beat him. And a guy that has 11 interceptions to 10 touchdowns on the year, I just, I can't trust him to go win a game of this magnitude. And OSU's defense hasn't been great. They've been they're, great. they're not good on defense. They they are very opportunistic. They do force a lot of turnovers, but when they don't get that turnover, you see games like when they played UCF or South Alabama, yep. where it's just they can it can get out of hand fast. And I think that if Texas could take care of the football and run the ball, I don't think there's really any chance for Oklahoma State to win this game. So so give me Texas minus fourteen and a half. <laughs> just to take Texas because that, that, that when this when this game was first announced and it was like ten and a half, I was like, yes. And then we get to the day and it's like three scores. Yep. I'm like, shit. <laughs> okay. Um, can I can I give my thoughts on this game now? Hey, uh, you're going to be at home that. enjoying a nice, relaxing Saturday of stress free football, brother. So. I talked to a guy at work about it today. I don't uh I don't see many paths for Oklahoma State to win this game. However, I do think that it's possible. I mean, they're not a terrible football team, but I, you know, I don't think they're a great team. Um I think Oklahoma State's going to need a game kind of like Bedlam, um where they have some very opportune turnovers at really good times. Um, whether they force them or not, you know, kind of like in that Bedlam game, you had a couple just weird snaps, uh, but they they need two or three turnovers. And, you know, you look at Texas, only game they lost was to Oklahoma. The one thing that Oklahoma really hurt your Longhorns on in that game, Dalt, was Dylan Gabriel running the football. Oklahoma State does not have that at quarterback. Allen Bowman. Negative cannot run and he really can barely pass if we're being honest I, he's he, he's a he's a big boy he's a chunky boy so i think oklahoma state to me kind of like you talked about with the screens i think they want to get ollie like they obviously want to try to establish a run game but i just don't know that they're going to have a lot of success doing it now I think in a perfect world, if Oklahoma State maybe got the ball first, could go down and score, then get one of those timely turnovers and maybe go up 10 nothing or 14 nothing, like you may be able to try and run the ball, really establish the run with a two-touchdown lead if that's what was to happen. 
Uh, but I think offensively, I like the screen game. I like, you know, a lot of side-to-side stuff against that Texas front that is very impressive, but it's not very fast. You know, you got if, you, if you're moving side-to-side, a lot of tempo, you're going to wear Sweat down. You're going to wear Byron Murphy down. Um, Oklahoma kind of did that in that game against Texas. There were several plays where Sweat, you know, the play got by him, and he's, you know, I mean, he's sucking air, like, and that happened. I, I don't know that Oklahoma State can do that. They aren't really a tempo team, uh, but that may be something that they try. I, I don't know. I don't know if you – you don't really try new things in these positions. You you dance with what brought you, so we'll we'll see. Um, but I think Texas wins this game, but I like Oklahoma State plus 14 and a half. I, I think it's just a classic spot for Texas being that big of a favorite. I, I think they win – but I just I don't think they win by more than two touchdowns. And I could be wrong. Texas Texas is playing really good right now. They just absolutely hammer tech. Um and Oklahoma State not playing their best football Ooh. probably. Everything the, runs through Lubbock. <laughs> Oklahoma State not playing their best ball with, you know, the scare they had in Houston up until the second half. And then I mean BYU took them to double overtime uh in Stillwater last week. So, you know, I I don't know how good I Oklahoma State feels, but hey, Mike Gundy absolutely has owned Texas the last 10 years. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I have to imagine he, you know, has some confidence in that. But I, I like I like OSU plus 14 and a half. So if you guys, are we sure we're ready to move on? And we'll move on. Did you guys get it all out? It's all out. <laughs> it's all out. Okay. We're, uh, <laughs> we're going to head over to the SEC. Uh, SEC Championship. Massive game, 3 o'clock, CBS. Number one, Georgia, taking on the eighth-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. I think it's safe to say this is a uh, win-and-you're-in type of game as far as the playoff is concerned. Uh, But Georgia comes in here as a six-point favorite. I think this line started around five, and it's kind of went up for Georgia. Um, So, Dalt, who do you like here? Jalen Milrow better get into the best shape of his life because this <laughs> Georgia front is going to be at his neck from the jump. This is a this is an Alabama offensive line that has been porous at times. I mean, you look at giving up five sacks to Texas, and Texas isn't near the front that Georgia is. Um, you look at the game against Auburn this weekend – Auburn was after him all night, too, and they choose to rush two guys on 4th and 31 for some stupid reason. They, if they would have lit him up, if they had brought five, they win the game. But that's beside the point. I like Georgia. I think that Carson Beck is playing extremely well. He has all of his weapons. And this game isn't going to be won by a quote-unquote run game. This game's going to be won by which quarterback can make the most plays. And I just think that Georgia's going to be better protecting Carson Beck than what Alabama is, Jalen Milrow. And I think this could be a touchdown game. And Georgia kind of wins. But I, I just I just don't think that Milrow's going to be able to make the plays he's made to get to this point. BP, Georgia or Bama? Uh, I'm taking Georgia. 
Um, I just not sure Jalen Milrow is going to make enough plays through the air to beat Georgia. I mean, I Georgia may put seven or eight guys in the box and just go straight and literally just dare Alabama to throw in every play. So um, that and I, Carson Beck, I looked at his stats earlier. When it was official, I was coming on. He's thrown for like 3,500 yards. Mm -hmm. I I know Tim said something about him being a Heisman candidate. I I did not know he's had that good of a year. So very quiet. Um, and I think Georgia is finally. Uh, Bowers is healthy again. Um, so I really wouldn't be surprised if we turn this game on and. Georgia's up two, three scores. I, I think Georgia best team in the country again. So, yeah, give me Kirby. My uh, my buddy, my old buddy from work, who's an Alabama fan, is not not going to enjoy this episode of the pod because I uh, I'm also going to take Georgia minus six. Um, if it was over seven, I may take Bama, but with it being right there at six. I, I don't disagree with you, BP. I think that Georgia could maybe win this game going away, because I do think they're gonna they're gonna absolutely dial it up on Milrow as far as pressure. And Georgia is one of the few teams in the country that you know they can do that and still cover in the back end because they're just that good everywhere. And I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say Georgia is not beatable, um, but I mean that, like you said, I, I think Georgia is the best team in the country. I, I think they're the odds-on favorite to win again and probably three peat as national champions, um, something that I I don't even know when it was last done or if it's ever even been done. Um, but I, I do not think that's ever been done. I, yeah. I mean, I know several teams have been back-to-back, but um, it's just really impressive what Kirby Smart has built at Georgia. Um, and I, I just – I like them a lot at minus six. I, I just think – I just don't think – Man, I I think there's obviously a, a way for Alabama to win this game, but I I just I like Georgia minus six. I I just I can't I can't pick against Georgia. I I picked against them like once this year, and I, it didn't work out for yep. me. So uh, I'm going to take the Bulldogs at at minus six. So I, I'll give us all Georgia at minus six, and we'll uh we'll move right. That was along. when we thought Kentucky was going to beat Georgia. Y'all yeah. remember that dumb. So that dumb <laughs> yeah yeah I, well, we we won't talk about it but we'll move on fellas uh head over to the big 10 uh this one's probably going to be a pretty quick discussion um the second ranked michigan wolverines they're heading to indianapolis they're heading over to indianapolis to take on the 16th ranked uh fraudulent 10 and 2 iowa hawkeyes and uh Michigan comes in here as a 23-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm not sure if you guys saw. I saw this on social media, but uh, oh, Iowa's first half-point total prediction right now is at a half a point. Saw that earlier on, on social media, so that's good. Yep. Um, do, do we all like Michigan minus 23 and a half? <laughs> do, do, do we all like Michigan well, minus 23-and-a-half? You're going to have to – you're gonna hold, hold on a second. You're gonna have to pick against me on one of the next two games. You understand this, right? 
If you want to, if you want to, this play, ain't the game, Tim. If you, if, if you want to play to win the game, you've got to pick against me on one of the next two games. I'm Dalton. taking Michigan minus twenty three and a half because I was not scoring. Dalton, that's that's easy. My we're picking I, I, Louisville I, next. Like, of course. I, I, are you going to take Louisville? I know I'm taking Louisville. Oh damn it! Um, yeah. BP, you like Michigan yeah. minus twenty three and a half. <laughs> Yeah, I. What is I? What is Iowa's team total for the whole game? Do you know? I, I don't know. I because I, I saw on Twitter one, where one point. I saw yeah, on I mean, Twitter where it was six and a half for the whole game. I would. And, bet, I would bet the farm on the. Oh. Uh, I I think Michigan in a route. The over under is thirty five and a half, and yeah. Michigan's going to have to do it by themselves. I think Michigan probably wins this game kind of like Ohio State did against uh, Wisconsin back in the uh, the Cardell Jones year. Oh. Where they win that game like 55 to nothing or and something just like that. Just hammer them. So I think that's very possible. You you could be looking at that. It, it's it's not going to be pretty. So I will give us all Michigan minus 23 and a half. I don't, I don't really think there's much more to be said um, on that. So with that, we'll – I got we'll, something, Tim. Okay, go ahead. Okay, the Big 12 has taken a lot of crap this year about their conference championship game, and rightfully so. You can't just start making rules, but what the Big 10 has done for years to people for their conference championship game is criminal. Yeah. I mean, With having those three teams in the same division to play Iowa or Wisconsin. It, it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, you know, you used to have that across the board, uh, Pac-12, Big 12, SEC, even. You had divisions. All these conferences had divisions. You had the North yeah. and the South and the Big 12. Same with the Pac-12. You had North and South. ACC, you had the Coastal and the Atlantic um, yeah. divisions. But most conferences have gone away with that because they want their two, quote-unquote, best teams um, kind of following that original Big 12 model that they went with when they reinstated the game back in 2017. But I agree. I mean, it, it, it does suck that you've got you've got two really good teams and then, you know, a kind of good average team in Penn State all in that one division in the Big Ten. And then, you know, Iowa, man, I, I don't understand it. It's a team that they have a great head coach that, he, you know, he – He's had teams that have been on the threshold of the playoff. I mean, let's not forget Iowa was 12-0 and that one year that they got beat by Michigan State on basically the, the at the yeah. end of the game in the Big Ten Championship. But their inability to uh, really grow offensively has just totally hamstrung that program. And I, I'm i telling you, the worst – there are some really bad football programs in college football, but it – it might be the worst in the country to be a fan of the Iowa Hawkeyes because you have a 10 and two football uh, team. That's really just not very good. Like they're just not zero and a half points in the first half. That is awesome. Right. So, so that is unbelievable. With that, um, we'll move on. Typically this is where our game of the week would be dull, but we don't really, we're not going to have a game of the week this week because these games are all so important. It takes us into our final conference championship that we are going to predict tonight or pick 
And that's the 14th-ranked Louisville Cardinals coming off their loss against uh, our rival Kentucky a week ago. Um, they're taking on the fourth-ranked undefeated 12-0 Florida State Seminoles, who are without, obviously, quarterback Jordan Travis, who suffered that lower leg injury uh, week two weeks ago in that game. Uh, Florida State, though, comes in here as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And, Dalton, I know you said you're taking Louisville – why are you taking the Cardinals at plus two and a half? My reverse, my jinx didn't work last week. Um, I truly think that this is a Louisville team that has the capability of playing really good defense. Now, have they played the likes of Keon Coleman or uh, Johnny Wilson? No, they haven't. But this was a really competitive game last year. Um, I want to say that Louisville almost beat Florida State last year. I think it come down to the the last two or three drives of the game. And the Plumber Kid's had a good year. He's almost thrown for 3,000 yards. He's been a little bit of a turnover machine. But the Jordan kid at running back's good. I think they're going to try to lean on him. So give me Louisville plus two and a half. Okay. BP, who you and like I here? I just don't trust the backup quarterback. Um, I'm going to take Louisville. I, I think they can win the game too, but I'll definitely take the points. Um, I watched that Florida State, Florida game one because the quarterback um, that played for Florida is from Lincoln Christian, but and I just do not think Florida State is very good without Jordan Travis. I, Florida is horrible on defense. Like, they brought up the graphic of Florida's defensive rankings and everything, and they were all, like, 120th and above. And they still could not move the ball, so. 224 total yards in that game, BP. For yeah, State. I mean – and that's with Coleman and the other big receiver they got. So that, and I really do not want to watch this Florida State team in a playoff. So I'm taking. I'm, <laughs> I'm. I can see the pain on Tim's face that he has to take Florida State. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! 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 I just, no! No! I just. I just. Li- I just lined up in the victory for <clears throat> Tim. Let Tim said, you. "Screw the standings." Let me tell you, you want to you want to reference that game a year ago, Dalt. Let it not be forgotten. One Tate Rodemaker came in that game and played, and is partially the reason they won that game. Had two fourth quarter touchdown passes to win that game, thirty five to thirty one last year against Louisville. Now that was last year, not the same team. Whatever, that's fine. But we've got another week of practice under the belt. With the ones, he's going to be ready to go. I I like Florida State to win this game by more than two and a half. As much as I love my Louisville Cardinal this year, Cardinals, who have far outperformed how, what I could have ever began to imagine. I said they were a sleeper in the in the ACC. They were more than a sleeper. They were one of the 
two, three best teams. They're playing for the conference champion uh, championship. I mean, hell, the, there was a case to be made before they lost to Kentucky. They, they might have been playing for a playoff spot this week uh, had they not lost that game to Kentucky. I don't. I think we could all agree that that would have been very unlikely, but might have been possible. But not just to be different, Dalt, I think I was probably going to take Florida State here anyway because – I think the quarterback's going to make just enough plays. I think Louisville may make some mistakes. People, you know, you still got to remember they are under a first-year coach, uh, Jeff Brome, who I know has been – he's been a head coach for a long time, so it's not, you know, it's not like a first-year, first-time head coach. But I I just think Florida State, they're going to make the plays to win this game, and they're going to win this game by at least a field goal, maybe by a touchdown. So I'm going to take the Knolls at minus two and a half, and we'll see – we're going to ride it, and we're going to see where it goes. That's all I have to say. So, real quick, fellas, we will recap our five games. We picked the Pac-12 championship. You guys both like Washington at plus 9.5. I'm taking the Oregon Ducks at minus 9.5. In the Big 12 championship, me and BP both like the Oklahoma State Cowboys at plus 14.5. Dalton, you're taking your Longhorns at minus 14.5. Good luck. Uh, SEC championship, we both like Georgia at minus six. Uh, Big Ten championship, whatever, Michigan minus 23, obviously. And then in the ACC, <laughs> I'm taking the Florida State Seminoles at minus two and a half. And then you two are taking my Louisville Cardinals at plus two and a half. Fellas, we have reached the end of the season. It's gone by quickly. Um, I'm I'm just going to say I'm I'm disappointed my team's not playing this weekend but I'm off this weekend so I'm going to enjoy some football kind of stress free uh see where it takes me um you know it's it's going to be a good time I'm going to make the best of it uh real quick disclaimer to any Oklahoma fans that listen to this podcast I will not be cheering for Texas this weekend let me make that perfectly clear and I put this on Twitter if you're an Oklahoma fan and you are cheering for Texas just for the sake of the fact that we're going to the SEC together, whatever, Big 12 hates us, no. Reevaluate your fandom because Oklahoma fans do not cheer for Texas. I don't care if it's football, basketball, chess, tiddlywinks. We're, I, I'm not pulling for Texas. It's not happening. Now, I'm also going to say I'm not rooting for Oklahoma State either, but I want Texas to lose, so I'll leave it at that. Um do you guys have anything else you want to add before sounds, we? Bef- sounds, like, sounds like a cheer cheerleader. Do do we have anything else that we need to add before we get out of here? Not no, sir. Off the top of my head. All right. Can't wait for Saturday. Yes, sir. Oh, I know it. BP, we uh, we appreciate you for coming on tonight. Uh, you obviously are now our only guest that we've ever had on, and you're a repeat guest. We obviously enjoy you you coming yes, on. Yes, sir. Talking college football, we we love to do it. Know you uh, enjoy it. We talk about college football pretty much every day in the group chat. Um, so every day. With that, Dalt, the season has come to a close uh, as far as regular season. We'll see how this all shakes out as far as the playoffs concerned. Um, maybe try. I don't know if we'll be able to get episode Sunday or not, but we'll definitely get Sunday. another. We'll uh, we'll definitely get another episode Sunday once. Night. Okay. Yeah. I'm, so once, I'm going to be freezing on my back porch with a stogie. <laughs> once the uh, once Heart the, and D, baby, gotta have it. Once Heart and D. 
once our playoff <laughs> is set, we will be back with another episode. But we hope you guys have a, a fun and safe weekend. Enjoy some college football. And VP, Dalt, if you guys do not have anything else to add, then I guess we will be back when we're back. And we're out. Don't forget to cover the flats. Go, folks. Get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs>enjoyed this episode of the cover two podcast please leave us a rating or write us a review tell your friends about the podcast and help us grow the show you can find episodes on apple iHeart, spotify and youtube just search the cover two podcast and you'll find us if you want to contact us or be a guest on the show we're on facebook x instagram and tiktok as the cover two podcast you can also email us at cover two podcast 2021 at gmail.com we appreciate all of you for listening and supporting our show